The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company Podcast Network. I'm just Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. Say what's up to the people, Tyler. What's up? Uh, it feels like it's been decades since I talked to everyone, uh, but it's draft talk season, well, baby. We made it. Yeah, it has. You you dipped on us. You ran. You're an expat for a while. Um, a little bit. Well, we want to talk about the draft because you've been working on the draft the entire season for APC, you've had stuff up, you know, before every week of college football being like, here are guys to watch here, like matchups you need to see, stuff like that. Meanwhile, I've been lazy just watching Packers stuff. I'm catching up on the draft now. How many guys do you have graded? You had a hundred so, something, right? We're at 110. Uh, last year, I think was my highest as far as like detailed grades, and that was 114. So I think we're going to shatter that this year. If you gave me position in school, I still don't think I would be able to get the names of a hundred guys in this draft class just yet. I'm My pretty good at the mush. top end. I know the first rounders by heart, but like after that, gets gets a little iffy. It's mostly guys that you're like, "Hey, can you watch this?" Or someone else has hit tapped me on the shoulder and been like, "Watch this guy." Um, Minnesota tight end, go. No chance. No chance. <laughs> Give me another one. Okay, I'm gonna just scroll. Stop. Uh, Wake Forest defensive lineman. Oh, I thought you were going to go receiver, and I was going to say AT pair. No, uh, I knew you'd get that one. Is there another Basham? Is there another Basham? <laughs> there is no other Basham. Dang. Great name right. for a – can we talk about how great of a name that is for a defensive player? Yes. Basham, Basham. Boogie Basham. Ugh. Strong name. Strong name. Um, As far as draft needs go, we asked the guys at APC, we, we asked the uh, readers to vote on this, through a couple set of polls, the top need came out of safety. So safety, hmm. you look at Green Bay, right? Why Why is that the biggest need? They might need two of them. They might need three of them, frankly, right? Um, you look at the safety position, Amos is on an expiring contract, right? So that sets the table for needing one. Darnell Savage was not a true safety in nickel downs, you know, at the end of the year. He was moved into the slot. Well, with Stokes coming back off of injury, hopefully, right? Does that push Russell in there? And then you have mm-hmm. Darnell Savage back at safety. And then, you know, that's not something, you know, the team clearly wants to do because they benched them for, for Rudy Ford, who is another outgoing free agent at one point this season. Um, with, with all of that in mind, like, I could see them going after two safeties and potentially, I know Arcon at the site's been talking about this a lot for, 
you know, you can package a couple picks and get out of Darnell Savage's fifth year option, which I think is somewhere around like eight, $9 million, I believe, and is fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So Green Bay's on the hook for that. And that's a pure cap hit. That's not something you can really play around with, stretch out, anything like that, because he's on the last year of his contract. So safety, that's the number one position that I'm looking at, because I think that's the one where it's like they could find potentially two starters in the draft in this class, depending on how it ends up shaking out. I mean, the way I think about it, you got to replace two types of safeties too, right? Like it's two kind of different body types. I mean, uh, the problem is in this draft class, like, yeah, I think there is a lot of talent at the safety position. It's all slot guys. Like there are very so that's, few. Yeah. Pure that's something I've been noticing too, because so you talked about the different types of roles, right? And you yeah. think of Adrian Amos, top down safety guy who can not, didn't really do it this year, but in years past would get in, you know, in dime looks and play some like inside linebacker. Yeah. Functionally. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of, because in a quarters heavy system, which is what Green Bay plays, right? You really want those guys primarily to be tacklers because those guys are in the run fits yeah. as those safeties. So a guy like Darnell Savage, who's more of like a, he has kind of like the cover skills of like a corner. That's not as, how should we put it? That's not as enticing of a trait in this system as it would have been under Petten which is yep. when they made that draft pick, right? So that's where you look at guys. The top safety in the class, I think consensus, is Brian Branch from Alabama. Here's the thing. Brian Branch at Alabama was their nickel. So he was playing yeah. in the slot the whole time. He was the sa- fifth safety off the bench. So it wasn't like that savage situation where, you know, they're playing base, he's playing safety, they get in the nickel and dime, he's playing in the slot. Branch only came, was on the field in nickel reps. And they had yep. him rotate even. At times, you can watch the Kansas State game, the bowl game, um, where, you know, they didn't pull any starters. Will Anderson's out there, Bryce Young, all those guys, the top draft picks. And he's out there rotating with Malachi Moore in the slot. And Malachi Moore is going to be a first-round pick. And I think Branch is almost – he's a little longer than Savage, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's but got he kind of, crazy length. To me, I don't love the fit. And, like, yeah, I understand yeah. the player, but it's almost like a second-chance – on developing a Darnell Savage type of guy. And I just feel like if you're going to spend a high pick, you know, first three rounds on safety, there are other options to go with. Jordan Battle was a full-time safety for Bama. I was just about to bring him up because I I, think as far as body type, physicality, play strength, I think he's the guy you want. He nails guys. Um, Yeah. He does. I don't know how good his ball skills are. I didn't watch – that much film on him specifically. Mm-hmm. I know that there was one, I think it was the Ole Miss game, where they just throw a layup to him deep down the middle of the field, and he could pretty much fair catch the thing. He ends up dropping it. So I don't know if he has, like, ball skills issues, and that's why he's being talked about as, like, the second, third-round pick type of guy. But that might be more of the range that Green Bay is looking at than anyone else. Uh, are there any other guys that interest you? I've heard – uh, Jamie Robinson is good. The safety from Florida State. I haven't watched him. I've heard Chris Smith from Georgia is a guy who's kind of when when I described um my issues with Branch and how he fits it with Green Bay to my buddy Deontay Lee, who's a defensive coordinator, writes for the Athletic. He's really good with defensive back stuff. Um, he was like Chris Smith might be more you know up your yeah, alley. Yeah, so. I agree. 
Yeah. Uh, Chris Smith was definitely, I felt like one of the more leading by example guys for Georgia's defense this year. I mean, think about how many pros they lost besides Jalen Carter. Um, but just the way he presented himself, the energy he brought hits like a Mack truck. Um, a little bit smaller than battle. Honestly, it feels like battle's really the only like established guy besides maybe JL Skinner out of Boise state who has that like prototypical safety build, you know, cause battle is six, one, two, 10 listed currently, but you're, you know, these other guys you're talking about Chris Smith, the senior bowl was five ten, one eighty eight. 188, uh, Jamie Robinson, five ten, one ninety four. Um, just like slightly smaller builds. Um, I like Chris Smith quite a bit. Uh, the other guy I've just been thinking of, and we know it goes back to this quarters fit. I'm not sure if he's a fit, but more of like the rangy deep safety that you're looking for is Jair Brown out of Penn state. Um, anyone I've talked to, uh, you know, around that program has nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, I really liked his tape and his ability to like, you know, jump routes or get two guys really quickly, uh, and cover deep. So, uh, just another, uh, another guy to keep an eye on. Antonio Johnson's another guy who played in the slot, yep. way, right? He's yeah. long rangey. I think he's been banged up. He's the AM safety. Um, I think he's like consensus number two safety on the mm-hmm. board and probably the only other guy who's a lock to go in the first two rounds, which that that's where the conversation kind of gets interesting to me at the safety position. Cause this corner class is really good. So good. So and Green, Green Bay's in a spot where they can't really take a corner. They already have three, like Rasul's are corner three, right? Unless you're going to play yeah. Rasul at safety. You don't even really have room for like a nickel or anything like that. I, I wonder if they would look at a corner and try to convert them. I know we've seen that in the past. The guy that people seem to want to move is uh, Keely Ringo. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think he's going to go to a cover three team. He'll be like, San Francisco's pick and everyone will be like, Oh my God, that's a perfect fit. You know, his evaluation has been very unfair in media. Cause everyone's just like, I'll just move him to safety. Cause he's not shit at corner. Sorry for swearing. Um, but it's just, I think people are getting this false perception of him because this corner class is just so outrageous at the top yeah. um, that he's sliding a bit. Cause I mean, you've got, I will say the only cornerback I really want in green Bay, I would take it 15 is Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. Because uh, I've never seen a more physically tough corner uh, in the years I've been evaluating. I absolutely love that kid. He's probably one of the more fun prospects to watch in this class. Moving to tight end, which was the second biggest need. And to set the table again, right, wh- why is tight end a need? One, Tanyan, Tanyan is about to be a free agent. Two, Mercedes Lewis is about to be a free agent. And then three, Tyler Davis, who, you know, for the most part is playing special teams at this point is a restricted free agent and basically the cheapest contract that they can bring him back on is like $3 million. Oh my gosh. They are pinching pennies to the point you cannot afford to give that guy $3 million. Right. So you look at the tight ends and it's guys who haven't had any experience at all and are on the practice squad or signed a a reserve futures deal. And Josiah DeGuara, who I like DeGuara. We, we've talked about the Guara like even during the season. Like, we really mm-hmm. like the run plays that you're able to have him, uh, you know, make an impact on when he's yeah. an off ball guy, you know, in the backfield or on the wing. But he is a role player. And then you look at this tight end class, it's the opposite of safety, right? Where safety, we got two names. This tight end class is super deep. I'm looking at the consensus draft board right now. Four guys in the top 42 picks, another at 63, and another at 90. 
the the highest rated guy easily Michael Mayer from Notre Dame he can do everything all American has been productive since his freshman season hand in the dirt good blocker not like an a pass catcher but he's like a b pass catcher and with all the other stuff like you can get him on the field right now which is more way more than you could say about a lot of rookie tight ends i mean you can look at the stats like it's really hard to get those guys in a productive spot and then the number two guy to me is darnell washington who's like you mean mercedes lewis 2.0 that's what i was gonna say he's the mercedes and apparently he's gonna run really well i didn't realize that he's gonna end up running pretty good i heard potentially four sixes which is just outrageous for what's if he could do that he might go in the first round dude like that he's guy's six seven two sixty five just think about that dominant blocker um is, is he is he okay. if lebron james decided to play football it's that body type it feels <laughs> a lot like it it looks something like that yeah um the other guys uh at the top of the draft dalton kincaid from utah who's I mean, they've had a couple tight ends there that they that they're able to get involved, and then Luke Musgrave, who like such a weird test case, right? Like this yeah. guy apparently super athlete at Oregon State, um, comes from a background of coaches. I think uh, Musgrave, what I think it's his uncle worked in the league. If I if I remember correctly, he was a quarterback. All that stuff. The problem with him is they didn't really involve him as a junior at Oregon State, comes in his senior year, makes a couple big catches early on, and then ends up getting hurt. And now it's like, well, what do we do with this evaluation? But people think of him as, you know, a potential mid to high second round pick. I mean, if you're going to take a tight end, you know, in this draft, you know, in the top 100, this is, you know, one of the classes to highlight and circle around it. I th- I still think that they were interested last year based off the intel that I was told, right? Like they were in the market for, for some of the inline tight ends in last year's class. We know that they've tried to trade for Darren Waller like two or three times already. I, I, I think they would take a long look at tight end. Plus, even if we do want Lewis and Tunyon back, like Darren Rodgers gets traded. What's, what's to say that he's not going to recruit them to – yeah. New York or whatever, right? Like, we know that he doesn't want to work with these young pass catchers. He would rather work with veterans. Why would he not be recruiting his ass off to get some of these guys who kind of know his verbiage and all that stuff? So, yeah, I, I, I think I would prefer at this point just looking at the team. I think I'd prefer a guy that's more comfortable blocking than a, like a Dalton Kincaid or someone like that. Um, but again, it's a situation where maybe you take two. Um, the guy I'm super high on, uh, I'm not sure others are as high on, is Davis Allen out of Clemson. Uh, I've seen a lot of conflicting reports about how people feel about him. But the first time I had heard about him, I think it was a quote from Dabo Swinney that said it was he was the greatest blocking tight end the school had ever had. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch him. I, you know, I don't think he's wrong. He's quite good at blocking. He's that really reliable, like inline type in prospect that can, you know, carry linebackers up the seam, uh, make plays on that, especially off play action. Um, and he's got a, a heck of a frame. Uh, looks like six, five and six, five and a half, two forty six. Um, a big fan of him. Uh, the other guy hard to find a lot like to watch on him, but Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State's another guy getting a ton of attention. Yeah. And there's the North Dakota State guy, too. I remember when they were playing in the FCS playoffs, people were like... Is that the fullback? I don't know. He's the, 
I think he's like their gadget fullback tight end, which of course he is at North Dakota State. Um, it's like Lou, Lou Epke. I don't know. I haven't watched much of him. I just watched Cody Mock and he was fine. So that's the guy. That's the offensive lineman with the gap to you. You're, you're probably going to see a lot of him. Uh, you will see process. a lot of I think his draft stock is just media is just all based off vibes. It's like, oh, they got a he's North got Dakota a State headshot. lineman. Oh, yeah. It's a great headshot. A strong headshot. We got safety number one need. Tight end number two need. The third need voted by the fans was interior defensive line, which was like a tear down in the voting for the fans. It might be right up there with everyone else to yep. me. Um, they basically have three guys under contract. They're going to need five, right? Like yep. you can't even run your goal line package right now with, with the guys that they have. And who knows if they even want to play Slayton and Kenny Clark next to each other because they've been pretty adamant about playing one at nose and, and having the other rest, you know, on a down-to-down basis. Plus, you're expecting a jump from Wyatt. That's a lot of things. That's a lot of things to juggle. And then you have yeah. zero depth behind them. Like, they need one, two, maybe even three interior defensive linemen somehow in the offseason. Maybe not through the draft, but, like, you got to add some bodies. The top guy in this class easily Jalen Carter from Georgia, absolute freak if you watched any college football over the last two years. And then after that, it's like pretty big gap. My favorite Jalen Carter moment was that it was an SEC championship against LSU where he got Jaden Daniels in the backfield and just lifted him up and started celebrating while yeah. still holding him in the air. Um, there's one guy I really want to talk about here. Uh, cause I just, I, I threw it out yesterday. And if the Packers took him at 15, I wouldn't be upset. Uh, Kalijah Cansey out of Pittsburgh. Uh, definitely a small for a defensive yes. lineman. But if you watch that man's tape, um, I don't think he's particularly great at like taking on blocks. I don't think he's it's poor at it. His ability to penetrate and get into the backfield is unlike you know anything you'll see in this draft class. Just super explosive off the snap, lightning quick. Um, he can really wreak havoc in the backfield. He's listed at uh, six foot two eighty. That is not what Green Bay typically looks for, but I understand if you want a three tech, like there's probably not going to be very better, very very many better penetrators in this class other than him. Brian Bercy is the mm-hmm. other guy who's. I feel like he's in a free fall at this point. He was talked about as a potential top five pick. I watched the film. I didn't see that now. On the consensus draft board, he's ranked 20th. The kid out of Clemson was like number one recruit coming out of high school, all that stuff. Um, just doesn't have a lot of traits, though. Like, I can't yeah. really point to it. Like, can't see, right? Like, you can point, like, mm. penetration. Uh, Siaki Ika, is that how you say his name? The big yes. nose tackle out of Baylor. Yeah. I like him. I understand. But I don't know if he's a great fit for Green Bay just because, you know, Two of your three guys under contract are already nose tackle bodies. Um, Keanu Benton is an interesting guy to me. I mean, that's a guy Wisconsin fans are going to know. He played nose tackle for for the Badgers. I kind of think that, like, what he showed at senior bowl practices, I was just watching on um, mm-hmm. NFL Network and stuff throughout the week. Like, he might be a guy who could play three-tech. And if he could play three-tech at that size, like, there's no way he's going late second round like people like people think he is. Like if he does anything at the combine, he's just going to shoot up boards like crazy. Yeah, my my concern with Benton because I actually went back and watched him because I was seeing all the senior bowl hype. 
Uh, I'm not sure if he has the lower body strength that would suggest like all the other stuff he can do, like, like the lateral agility, like a lot of that stuff, uh, upper body strength. Uh, I feel like he can get pushed around quite a bit in the run game. And that's kind of a concern to me, but um, you know, I can see those flashes that make him an intriguing player. Um, I do want to go back. You mentioned, um, oh my gosh, Siaki Ika. Uh, another nose tackle I find kind of interesting. Uh, is it Mozzie Smith out of Michigan? Yeah. Mazie, Mozzie Smith. Um, for He's the, the record, who got the uh, gun charges? I was going to say he is facing felony weapons charges, which, you know, maybe kind of on brand for the last defensive lineman the Packers drafted. Um, he was number one on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Um, and he is a big body, can't be moved around a whole lot. Um, but yeah, for me, um, I guess I technically have Tui Tuli Pelotu listed as a defensive lineman. Uh, do we want to save him for edges? Uh, your call. You've seen him. I haven't seen him. I, I know his brother's Marlon, who's now, I believe, with the Eagles. He was drafted uh, a couple years ago from Oregon. Shout out to Oregon. I don't think Tui played up here, but his brother did. He's he's one of those tweeners that makes him like a, a difficult one of projecting his NFL fit, but he's 6'4", 290. Um, I think he led the nation in sacks last year. I'm not 100% sure. He had some outrageous production. Um, but I just really liked his athleticism and his effort. Um, and I do think he could be a potential, you know, hybrid guy where you can put him at defensive end in certain packages or out on the edge. Um, and I just kind of like that versatility he could bring. Um, I mean, I'm quite high on him. I think I have a top 25, 30 grade on the guy. The last guy I want to bring up Byron Young from Alabama. I yeah. Know you you mm-hmm. mentioned him to me. I saw him a couple of times just because I was watching. Uh, the Alabama safeties, that's one of the first positions I ended up taking a look at just because I knew they had three safeties in this draft class, so I could just knock them out. Byron Young, defensive lineman, just like a really solid player. He's yeah. number 47, if you guys check him out. It's not like there's anything crazy about his film, but he just seems like a really solid guy who's just around the ball a whole lot. I don't think he's like b-plus in any trait but i think he's like c's across the board at the very minimum and like green bay needs a guy like that yeah they they need three two or three more bodies on the interior defensive line like they could use a, a byron young they could spend a draft pick on him and he would easily get in the game over jonathan ford or whatever <laughs> i i definitely think he's a little stiff but i will push back i do think he has B, B plus traits as far as hand usage and extension. Um, I definitely became more of a stickler this year, you know, just being around a football team um, about how important it is to get your hands on guys and take on blocks and stuff. I think he does a great job of that. And I, I think that is something super important in a young guy to get comfortable with. So the fact that he's already comfortable and show he can like, you know, work moves to disengage while taking on a block. Um, I think that's something special. And he just, he looks strong as shit for a guy that's six three two ninety seven. Let's take a break, and on the other side, we'll talk about uh, receivers, outside linebackers, and then just kind of talk a little bit about just general thoughts on the class at the very top. And we're back. All right, this is the flashy one. This is the one everyone wants to talk about, even though it seems like even our fans agree it's not a top three need on the team. Yeah. Wide receiver, Alan Lazard's going to hit free agency. Randall Cobb's going to hit free agency. Um, they have basically Watson, Dobbs, and uh, Samori Toure under contract. I know they have uh, who who the heck was it? Uh, Bo Melton that they picked up off of Seattle's practice squad. He never even got in the game. 
So is so, it literally only rookies under contract right now? Uh, yes, and then a couple practice squad guys. Okay. Who have so been only not played in games. Yeah. So that's where they're at, at the top of the draft. So, okay, before we even talk about the top of the draft, first thing we have to talk about, Matt LaFleur is a size queen. He really is. This is he how we really have to is. start the wide receiver conversation because it's like they're not going to look at guys who are not like 205, at least at the top of the draft. It's just not going to happen. It's just not what they do. It's not who they play. It's not who they drafted. It's not what they told Odell Beckham Jr. when they said you you could only play third downs on our team. It's not how they act when Randall Cobb can only get on the field on obvious passing third downs, right? Like they just can't use these small bodies the way that they're they're using play action shots under center, um, trying to force teams into into run game stuff. So, do you know what makes me sad about that? What? I genuinely think the Miami the Dolphins just doing whatever they want that, with the same system and 200 or 170 pounders. I'm wa- I watched the Eagles obviously in the Super Bowl and just all I could think about was like with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, I do genuinely believe that Jordan Addison could be the Devonte Smith to Christian Watson. Yeah. Like just a possession receiver, small, super twitchy, super explosive. Um, I thought that guy was an absolute gamer at Pittsburgh. Like I was watching when everyone was talking about Kenny Pickett, um, on the Heisman run, I kept ended up watching like Jordan Addison. I was like, I think he's got like a real legit receiver he's throwing to. Um, obviously injuries kind of like kept him off the field. Uh, I could go on and on about Jordan Addison or Josh Downs or Zay Flowers or all these super fun gadget players. Um, but it's, I guess it's not worth our time, which makes me a little sad. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem. It's just like knocking names off of a list. The the top guy who would be like a quote unquote qualifier in the way we think about these Packers receivers, Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver out of TCU. I just did not see a guy who warranted a top ten pick when I watched yep. him. Um, he's good at what he does. He's long. He's you know. Uh, kind of like a skinny long strider type of guy. The the part of the problem with his evaluation too is he plays in that system where he's only playing on one half of the field the entire time. And yeah. you know how how that gets on in the NFL where you're moving around and all sorts of stuff that that could be a little tricky. But I just never saw like the elite trait. I know they try to like feed him on screens and stuff like that. I just don't know how well all that stuff translates to the NFL. I think he's a first round pick. I just I don't even know if I would take him at 15. I think at that point you're looking at Michael Mayer from Notre Dame and being like, I don't know. Yeah. Let's go with the tight end. I mean, I, I really liked watching him. Um, I think, I mean, just physically he looked shredded. Uh, I was very impressed with his contact balance and just ability to make plays after the catch. Uh, he could make plays deep downfield. Uh, the other thing to notice, I feel like, I think it was the second half of the season. He was really dealing with a lingering ankle injury. So that kind of limited yeah. like his true top end speed. Uh, I am very curious if that's healthy to see, you know, I think athletic testing is going to play a big part in his draft stock for sure. Speaking of uh, top end speed, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm. I was told that he's going to run a four, six. Yeah. Um, if you were in the same 40 as Darnell Washington, I think my brain would explode. <laughs> I, 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 uh, people I know keep giving me the comparison to like Keenan Allen. Um, yeah. he was a slot receiver for Ohio State, put up a bunch of numbers with the two guys who, um, finished first and second for offensive rookie of the year. 
this past year in the NFL. He was kind of the third guy, but he was able to eat a lot over the middle just because, you know, stuff was shaded to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I kind of think of him as like slower CD lamb. So like, yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a really good one. Do with that what you will like take that guy in an accurate spot, but that's, that's wide receiver two on the qualifying wide receiver list. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too excited if you guys are hoping for a pass catcher at 15. I think number one target still might be Michael Mayer. He's he's got some smoothness to his game when he's healthy, and I'm, I'm impressed mm-hmm. with his like awareness, his just general awareness of where he is on the field and how he can set up defenders after the catch, or even before with his route running. Um, yeah, the explosiveness. Uh, I've heard some weird stuff about him off field, but I, I can't tell if that's just like preconceived biases or things. Um, I think there's more context missing from what I've heard about him there, uh, and I definitely don't want to discount any kid that I know nothing about. So. I'll leave that part there. Speaking of off-field stuff. <laughs> Please, are you going to bring up hey, Booty? Butte, yeah. <laughs> what, what a year for this guy. All right, so Abute, <laughs> wide receiver at LSU, um, came into the year, everyone thinks like, hey, this is going to be a top 10 pick, right? Like if he would have been eligible as a sophomore, probably would have gone into the draft, would have been in the conversation with Garrett Wilson and all those other guys that, they, that went real early. Um from my understanding, what started the rift at LSU was like Brian Kelly basically bait and switched him on when the deadline was to hit the transfer portal and still be able to transfer in conference. So he was thinking about transferring to Alabama. And they were basically like, oh, the deadline already passed. You can't actually transfer to Alabama. So then he was like, screw it. I'll just stick through the year. Um, definitely did not play through injury uh, pretty famously there. Um, and then, you know, obviously there there becomes a rift when that stuff happens, but he's kind of looking out for himself. Then at the end of the year, he's like, yep, I'm coming back to school. I'm coming back for my senior year because obviously my junior season did not pan out the way that I thought it would be. And then allegedly – there's a sex party that involves him, I believe, teammates, uh, people on the support staff of the football team, including one woman. Uh, by all accounts, seems like it was consensual, but they were like, you guys can't be doing this. We can't have the support staff having sex with the players. They end up dismissing him from the team. He ends up uh, entering the draft after he said that he was going to return to the team for his senior year. So what the hell do you do with that? I, dude, I don't know. No, nope, but last no year, year he was a top ten pick, right? I, I he didn't I, do anything I, criminal, right? I, I don't even think he's morally wrong for any of these decisions. But what the heck do you do with this? I don't know. A lot of weird stuff happened over the course of the last twelve months. I, I don't think I ever got around to watching his twenty twenty one tape, so I, I never saw like the player that was getting hyped up. But the 2022 tape was just rough on the field. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of effort problems. I saw a lot of horrible. I saw some truly terrible drops. Um, so there's all kinds of issues there. But overall, you can like you can see the body type and athleticism. Uh, I think I sometimes saw him show effort as a blocker. Not all the times. Um, I have no idea. That's the hardest evaluation. I think this entire draft. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, he's full on. He's on my list of. I don't know, and I don't think you know. No. Nope. And if yeah. you think you know, I think you're a liar. 
Yeah. Like that that's that's where I'm at with him because he he could be anything. He could be out of the league in two years. He can be a superstar. Neither one would surprise me. Um, next guy I want to bring up was She Rice. I really liked him. I kind of yeah. thought he's like bigger Randall Cobb. Two of the guys that you're super high on, I feel like they had a trait that stood out to me on both, and that's just body control. Yeah. Both of them, whether it's on the sideline, especially with Rice on these sideline catches. Um, but being able to make catches and stay in bounds on the sideline or work in jump ball contested catch situations, him and A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest, those are the two guys yeah. that really stood out to me that also fit the um, size thresholds where I think you get the acrobatic catches from Rice. I think you get the deep threat ability from Perry. Yeah, A.T. Perry is the guy who, like, if there's anyone to get the MVS comparison in this class, it's definitely A.T. Perry. He kind of played in that funky system. I don't know if you guys have watched Wake Forest or Stanford recently, but they do that weird, like, long mesh RPO stuff. I love it. I love it so much. I don't know if it works. It's just so fun to watch. Well, that's the problem is Wake Forest can make it work. Yeah, Stanford can never figure out how to make it work, and it made David Shaw retire and then take an interview with the Denver Broncos immediately after that. Oh, man. Um, Last name I want to bring up at receiver, I guess. Cedric Tillman. Don't get it. Don't get it. He's a kind of like a height, weight, speed guy in theory. He plays at Tennessee, which is they're running that weird, like Art Bryles type of system, right? Where it's just like think of like post RG three Baylor, where they're running a bunch of option routes and they just like max split those guys. The receivers are damn near lining up on the sideline. They're just reading leverage half the time. The receivers aren't even running a route because they're just choosing which side of the field to look at. So like, he doesn't really come in to the NFL with like polished traits. And I don't think like physically anything stands out like crazy. So I don't know. I mean, people talk about him as a day two pick, but then I'm like, show me the thing. What, what, what can he do? Is it just Mims all over again? It was just Denzel Mims requesting trade for the Jets for three years. Like that's that's what it feels like to me. Uh, I, 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 I've, gotten burnt too many times by the big bodied guys it was denzel mims and then who was the was it hakeem butler out of uh iowa state yeah those two guys got me good uh i got two maybe three more names one of them is only the only one realistic body type what don tavion wicks out of virginia um this guy's good have not seen him play though he has all of those like little things from a technique standpoint you want from a big body receiver to like get open and make plays he just had way too many drops last year. I want to say he had like nine or something insane like that last year, but he's a guy I really enjoy. I think there's a lot there. I don't know how you answer for the drops, though. That worries me. Um, one guy, can the Packers just just nudge it a little bit? Jaden Reed at a Michigan State. I, I saw a lot I'm, of people liked him down at the Senior Bowl. I'm willing to bang the table that this guy's going to be like a productive long-term NFL player. Like his production with questionable quarterbacks at Michigan state um, was incredible. He consistently made plays. He could stretch the field vertically. He could run his routes. He could make contested catches. Um, he's, he's almost five eleven, and he's one ninety one according to senior bowl measurements. He has experience and production as a punt returner. Uh, there's, there's a lot I like about this kid. Um, his production took a bit of a dip last year. I think that's because Kenneth Walker 
wasn't there anymore and just everyone you know had no respect for the run game anymore yeah. so michigan it a state hard. was super i i think michigan state was the first team that like full, fully utilized the transfer portal but you could feel those swings really quick the upswing yeah. of michigan state mel tucker gets this crazy contract and then the downswing of there's no one left and yeah we, we spent all our points on nil and yeah, and these transfer guys. There's no one left. Um, couple other guys. Now that I'm looking at this list, Michael Wilson from Stanford. He was a guy Weird who looked really good at the Senior Bowl. I guess he's had injuries, had basically like no production at Stanford. But then you have all those guys from, from on, on defense um, for Stanford's team, who's like, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. So like, was it just like a health thing? He's a bit. He's a big guy too. Everyone I don't think excited. I think he played like four, five, and six games over three seasons. It's pretty yeah, bad. Just yeah. could could not stay on the field, but apparently, like a practice warrior, everyone was super surprised about his route running. He's a bigger guy too, so like, who knows what to do with that? Um, Puka Nakua, I believe is how you say his name, the BYU wide receiver. He's fun. He's like sawed off Alan Lazard. <laughs> I haven't I watched it. this guy yet either. Oh, I haven't watched fun. either of these guys. Go, yeah, go watch Nakua. He's fun. And then the last guy, uh, it's going to be hard for me to say this name. Andrei Yo- Yosivas? Oh. Andre Yosivas okay. uh, from, uh, is it Princeton? Princeton, who apparently runs a 4-3. How the hell did Princeton get a guy who can run a 4-3? I don't feel like that translates on the field. I watched a little bit of him, and I was like, eh. Hey. He doesn't. I don't think he looks that impressive, and he's playing weaker competition. Maybe I'm just a hater. I don't know. Cool name he, though. He has an uh, anime avatar on Twitter. He. I feel like if we if he goes to Green Bay, and we have another guys draft, I think people are going to be trading for the first overall pick in the guys draft to get four three Princeton receiver with with an anime avatar. I, I need to all that's someone we need to circle on. the. He got invited <laughs> to the combine, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's write that one down. Let's try and talk to him when we're there. Cause uh, yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah. There's a few other body type guys. I haven't gotten to watch yet. Like um, is it Mingo out of Ole Miss? Mingo. Yeah, uh, Xavier Hutchinson. I haven't gotten around to. I've watched 18 guys. And then I realized why am I watching tank Dell? Who's 163 pounds. Why yeah, am I taking that. He's fun, but like I was just trying to watch the guys like big board regardless of size because you know um, I'm always just interested. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few I still need to to go through on here. Uh, last guy who I just saw got compared to Amari Rogers and made me want to cry. Uh, Parker Washington out of Penn State. Same it's the second type. straight year. It's the second straight year I've gotten excited about a Penn State wide receiver. I thought I was kind of right on Jahan Dotson last year, considering quarterback play. He ended up having a solid season, but um. Yeah, Parker Washington is just the contact balance king of this draft. So many times I watched him just break very impressive tackle attempts that he just got out of made plays. I haven't seen him yet, just based off of height, weight, speed. Um, his weight's there. He's in the 200s. Yeah. I know that, but he's like 5'10". He's kind of built. He's built like a running back. Yeah. He he runs like a running back after the catch, too. That's good. He better. Hopefully, uh, they don't have him returning punts. Um Last position that we wanted to touch came fifth in our voting. Outside linebacker slash edge rusher slash pass rusher, whatever the heck you want to call it at this point. Top guy in this class is going to be Will Anderson, who everyone's going to say is Von Miller for 
now until April, basically, might be the number one pick, might end up going to the uh, Chicago Bears. My second guy on the board, though, Tyree Wilson. Holy crap. Thank Long you. guy, Texas A&M transfer, looks the part of, you know, being one of those blue chip type of recruits, have no idea how Texas Tech ended up getting him. Didn't Long, he play strong, a bunch explosive. of like f- four eye as well? He was like, yeah. he, oh my gosh. He's good. I love him. I, I was excited about the potential of him potentially being a Packer. And now I'm like, this guy's going to be a top five pick. There's no way that the Packers have a chance at it. His RAS is going to be ridiculous. It's yeah. going to be, oh my gosh, he. It's like if the mountain from Game of Thrones became an edge rusher or something like that. He's so much bigger than everyone when you watch, and he he's just listed destroyed. At, he's listed at six six two seventy five, and he looks every part of that. And I, I really think the only like big concerns I had in his game felt like just a little technique, but more discipline than anything. Like, and I don't think that's the end of the world. You're playing on Texas Tech. Go make your plays, dude. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> He's Mario Mushroom Preston Smith. There we go. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's they, the Packers would love to have this guy. Who else do you like in this class as far as the edge rushers go? I'm stunned people are souring on Miles Murphy. I think for a guy that's 6'5, 275, I thought his get off off the snap outrageous. Like he has both the ability to win with speed and power. Um, I just think he's one of these athletic toolsy guys that really stands out to me because I think he can win in a bunch of different ways. And I think people are really overthinking this one. Like I feel like edge is the one that's pretty easy to project when you see just like height, weight, speed, things like that. So uh, I was very impressed with him. Uh, The guy I keep seeing all over the place, but I'm willing to stake that he's a top 25 player, top 20 player in this class is Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. Absolutely love the way this guy takes, love the way he can rush the passer. Um, I think he's more of a power rusher than a speed rusher. Um, but for a guy that you need to rush the passer and help against the run, like I, I don't think there are many better edge players in this class. Um, Derek Hall's a small, but he's fun. Yeah. I, who who I else, have, who else have you watched so far? Um, a guy who's on my radar. I, I think I've watched one game of him is Keon White. The guy out of Georgia Tech, he's he's more of like a base end than anything else. Um, yeah. Really weird start to his career. I think he, well, he went to Old Dominion as a tight end, then transferred to Georgia Tech as a senior, ended up getting hurt, and then last year was like his only real film at the P5 level playing defense. So just like crazy hard projection of a career uh, moving forward. The other guy. Um, who I've watched a good amount because he was rumored as a potential first round pick last year. Andre Carter, the edge rusher for out of Army. See, um, I've not watched any of him yet. Oh, I watched him going into last season because I was like, is it because everyone's like Army has a first round pick? I'm like, bull crap, let me go watch him. He's long as hell. We'll see what happens with him because if I understand this right, there's still debate whether uh, some of these guys will get eligibility immediately. Yeah, there's like legislation being dealt with. Yeah, and it seems like the legislation goes back every single year. Like every time there's a draft pick, it's like, wait, what do we want to do with this guy? And they just constantly change the rules. I will say, Zach Harrison, Edge, Ohio State, for five years I've heard, have had to hear about Zach Harrison being the next guy after the Bosa's and after 
um what's his name the guy in washington i'm spacing on his name now chase young chase young he he was supposed to be the next edge rusher was not that guy and i'm tired of hearing of him just because I of have, how annoying college fans are i have him as edge 10 which you know i i, I don't hate that's him fine but like he's fine he's big i don't need to hear about big. him being the next bosa though I have a guy. Done with that. If he's there in the second round, I feel like I wouldn't hesitate to take him, uh, and that's Felix Anadike Uzama out of Kansas State. Okay. Um, he's freak athlete. It feels like. Um, I think there are some holes in this game, but I feel like once or twice every game I watched of him, like I made audible noises on a pass rush rep where you just saw like special dip, bend, explosiveness around the edge. Um. I think that kid, if he can like get it all together as far as a developmental piece, is going to be like a wow player. Um, last guy I want to bring up, Nolan Smith, Georgia. He's a guy that's borderline first round pick, listed at like two thirty. Uh, yeah, had had an injury at the end of his career. Really weird fit. I, I don't think he necessarily fits what Green Bay wants when you look at like Kingsley Anikbari looks really small. Compared to Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, all that, right? And he's 250 pounds. Yeah. Nolan Smith's 20 pounds away from being 20 pounds away for the Packers. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't think he makes a lot of sense um, there, but he is kind of like in that range. I mean, I guess I guess we'll see what happens. Um, where do you think the strengths in this draft are? Because I think when I've looked at it and – I'm really focusing on the positions that like Green Bay is going to be looking at rather than just like the draft as a yeah. whole. Seems like corner and tight end. Those are the two positions where it's like if you need one, take one this year because they're going to be cheap relatively. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's um a relatively weak wide receiver class compared to previous years. Um, agree. Corners absurd, man. Let me see. I'm just go back and look through here. Uh, the, the consensus Wither- draft board has Christian Gonzalez at seven, Joey Porter at nine, Witherspoon at 10, Cam Smith at 22, Ringo at 23, Clark Phillips at 30. I mean, that's six guys, including three guys in the top 10. And I think a couple of those guys could potentially push up into that range again. So I've got five guys I'd feel very comfortable taking in the first round. And then I've got two in Emmanuel Forbes and Clark Phillips where I'm like end of one day, two guys. Um, yeah, it's outrageous. The other position I think is just outrageously good. This year's running back um, there. There's a lot of guys in this class. I really like, I mean, B. John Robinson is one of the best running back prospects we've had in a minute, probably since uh, Jonathan Taylor. Although I still don't understand why people overthought him so much. Um, Jameer gives people like out of uh, Alabama, you know, like that Alvin Kamara type. Yeah. Um, Zach Charbonnet gives me like strong James Conner vibes. Um, if James Conner just like kept the juice and just kept playing really well. Uh, and then a guy I, I started watching because of the sneer bowl, Ty J Spears out of Tulane. That kid Everyone's is Aaron Jones. Guy. He's yeah. Aaron Jones, man. I mean, it's freaky how similar they are in skill set and size and frame. Um, that kid's special, man. Yeah, I mean, you go even later and deeper into this. I really like Kendra Miller out of TCU, Sean Tucker, Devon A. Chain. My favorite running back in the class, I have no idea where he's going to get drafted, is Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. because he's a teeny tiny guy. 
five six one seventy six. If you watch the bowl game coin toss when they played Alabama and you see all the captains because it's like Will Anderson and all these yeah. just massive humans, Deuce Vaughn looks like a child in pads, like shaking their hands. Um, but yeah, he still broke off some massive runs against them in the bowl game. Like guys unreal. Um, I mean, you could go on this. I just think there's a lot of very, very fun running backs in this class. I think they can easily take a running back too. You know, I mean, yeah. one, they did all the weird stuff in season with moving up Patrick Taylor and stuff like that up and down off of the practice squad on the 53, promoting him off of the practice squad, all that stuff. And then AJ Dillon is going into the last year of his rookie contract. And then if Aaron, so there's three options. Aaron Rodgers retires, comes back, comes back and demands a trade, right? I think in two of those options, anything short of Aaron Rodgers coming back, I think we get into Aaron Jones might request a trade and decide to go somewhere else. Yeah. So you might need two running backs, right? That that would easily make running back jump up our list of needs. So not a draft question, but an Aaron Jones question. If he leaves after the season, does he get his name in the ring of honor? I think so. He's already like third in like a bunch of running stuff. Or yeah. not not ring of honor. I don't think he's gonna get in ring of honor, but he'll get in the Packers Hall of Fame. For sure. Packers Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah. I think they only got like six six guys in Packers ring of honor. That's right. Yep, that's right. I, I think I misspoke on what I was thinking of, but yeah. um what what a career he's had and also just like what a great person to represent the franchise. Just the most yeah. likable human being. I was rooting for him. Uh what was it? The like NFL honors their like award yeah. show thing. You you know, voted man of the year back to back seasons, does a lot of good work in, in El Paso. We've had him on the podcast. We could talk about that once. Um yeah. just genuinely good dude. Wish yep. the best for him. Hope he's a Green Bay Packer. If not, no hard feelings, dude. I get yep. it. I get it. I get it too. <laughs> the next few years are gonna be fun, but this is why we talk about the draft, right? We just yep. binge it, hoping for the best case scenario. Um, do you want to? What did you think about the class, rookie class? We had a lot of dopamine hits at the time of the uh, draft class, but this twenty twenty one class, Wyatt. I don't know what to do with Wyatt. I I was I still I think he's a good player. I don't know why they didn't play him very much. Yeah. That's where I'm at on why. And I feel like we never got answers. And I don't think people asked questions about what no. was going on there. No, of course they didn't ask questions. They didn't do their own research. Um, Quay, pretty up and down, still optimistic. Christian Watson, I think he can beat man. <laughs> I think he can run fast. <laughs> a little bit. It's a little bit. Sean Ryan was the guy who I think we were least excited about in the first four rounds of the draft. I remember, I'll be honest, I tried to hype him up a little bit because there was no excitement and that backfired. Yeah. So actually, first five rounds because Kingsley was the, the fifth round pick. Our day um, three dopamine hits were unreal and they panned out, yeah. at least the early ones. So Ryan, I don't, yeah, Ryan, what am I supposed to say? He didn't get yeah. on the field. He didn't get yeah. on the field and he got a PED suspended. We'll see you next year. Um, Romeo Dodds, good old pat on the back. Zach Tom, yeah. good old pat on the back. Can Big pat on Barry? the back for Zach. Good old pat <laughs> on the back. <laughs> I'll remember when getting Bari got drafted, we were sweating edge big time. They're like, this yeah. is the only guy left. And yes. they took him and it worked out. They, and he had to play, dude. I mean, he had to start games. I thought they he was great out. for what, for what they needed from him. And he had to be put in a really like not fun situation as a rookie. Thought he played his ass off. Yeah. 
save this from Jonathan Garvin. Um, <laughs> seventh rounders, Rashid didn't get on the field. Jonathan no. Ford didn't get on the field. Toure looked solid for like two yeah. games, and then we just yep. stopped seeing Toure. I think Tariq Carpenter got a lot better down the line, and that's probably the win of the seventh rounders. I feel like the seventh rounders, for the most part, it was like expected, and then Carpenter, it's like, Oh, this guy can actually play snaps for us and is like making a difference on special teams and yeah. even got in on some three safety defense things at the end of the year. I'm like, dude, seventh round pick, rookie, that's a win. Feels like we kind of really nailed our expectations. Um, maybe Quay had some issues, but and Devontae didn't see the field, but I would yeah. feel like as far as expectations and how we felt at the time, I think we did good. So maybe we can do that again with how much we're going to be talking about the draft the next couple of months. Yeah, I do think. So if you had to do disappointment and whatever the opposite of disappointment is, because I can't think of the word right now. Excitement? Yeah, I guess so. Like, who are, like, the over and underachievers in this class to you? Because to me, I guess the underachiever would be quite relative to expectations coming in. I thought he would be a little bit more polished. Yeah. um, And uh, fight fewer people on the field uh, this year. And then the guy who exceeded expectations – and Ikbari, uh, although, I mean, we were excited about it, but I still think he had a good year. Yeah, um, I almost want to say, like, Tariq, but I feel like... Dude, you would know better than I would. You're the, you're the APC special teams guy. I, Carpenter and Ford, I was like, all right, we burned draft picks. Ford, Wait, I still stand by that. Carpenter, not so much. I, I guess Christian Watson exceeding expectations... Just that's because, pretty. I feel like that's pretty easy to say. Like even the guys that yeah. I think were the most optimistic about him didn't see him having nine touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah. Like so, I guess that's how how I'll do it. Also, his touchdowns were really cool. <laughs> it was just a yeah, really very fun. cool touchdowns. He's a he's a cool player. He's fun to have. I'm happy he's on our team. Wish he would have caught that one against the Vikings. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go through adversity to get better. Yep. All right. So that's draft talk 1.0 for this season. We'll get, into, we'll get into uh, positions more granularly uh, in these upcoming episodes, I think. Yep. What should we do? I have some. Let's. St- why don't we go in order, right? Safety. Um, safety. Start with safety. All I right. only have seven I've watched so far. I got to dive into it anyway. Dude, I've watched like four and three of them play for Alabama. So. Yeah. Hey, I'll can you can you get us some uh get us some all twenty two and I'll uh, o- overdose on oh. it. I'm trying. I might have to rip off a hard drive when we go to the combine. So yeah. Um, speaking of which, combine man. Yep. Let's go. You, we'll get text. Text. What could go wrong? We'll be very hungover if you guys are in Indianapolis. DM us and buy yeah. us a beer or something like that. Till then, uh, safeties next week. We get, Let's do we get it. prepare your ear holes. <laughs>